lady, lady, whoa, lady. In this city, you gotta pay to ride the bus. Everyone fell silent. So silent. Out there. But in here. In her head. Cat was now aware of waves of pressure. A pulse beat. A mumbling of a voice. A familiar voice. We don't belong, do we, Cat, huh? As familiar as the sun coming up. We're not normal. But still jarring, even after all this time. He's coming for us. Sure thing. The driver was out of his seat, padding on cramping feet towards the back. Hey, lady! Cat jumped. You! Yes, you! His toe caught an abandoned moxie can and sent it skittering and dribbling under Cat's seat. She looked down, shifted it away with her heel, and then looked up again. The face of the driver was right there, right in her eyeline. He was bending over. Hey, lady. His breath of stale pretzels hit her. You, lady. And his words clicked through loose dentures. Who are you trying to cheat, eh? She was sure his spit had flecked the tip of her nose, but she wasn't going to check. Not yet. You gotta pay. You got on a T-neck and you walked straight back here. You didn't pay. You got a pay to ride on the bus in this city. I got on a Hackensack. You got on at Hackensack? I got on at Hackensack. He straightened and turned to scattergun his words over the rest of the travelers. Who got on a T-neck? Hands raised. Who didn't pay? More hands raised. Belligerent. Defiant. Then everyone's hands raised silently sculpting a rare moment of pleasure. What the hell are you trying to do to me? He padded back to the front, shoulders sagging. I want to come all the way back here. His voice losing power, sinking his shiny bottom trousers into the agonizing skew-springed seat. You all paid. I know you did. Put his thumb to the ignition switch. Except you, lady. His roomy eyes in the mirror surveying everyone and landing on Cat. Except you. Cranking the bus into life. A relief to submerge herself once more in the sound weeded deep of growling gears, tinny singing of loose panels, and chattering of the bent aircon grill. Cat wiped the fleck off her nose with the back of her hand and rubbed it on the seat. The mumbling of a voice, the familiar voice, returned. Got away with it, huh? You and me, didn't we? (laughs) Then that laugh. Thick. Smoky. Bad. Another few miles for free. Half an hour before, Cat, early 20s, running away from her own shit life. Again. What do you think I'm waiting for, huh? A miracle! Was shivering by the crossroads on the edge of town. Scumbag! Grit spattered. Soaked. Somebody stop! Thumbing a lift to... Where am I going? Anywhere. Anywhere. Anywhere that isn't here. The cat is complicated. Hurt. Volatile. And kicking cars that slow and then speed off. That's for both of us! And so her odyssey to find solitude and solutions faltered. Not for the last time. 
She's on her own, yes, but she's not alone. She has that voice in her head. The voice of an eccentric old man of the road she calls Feral. A weak, breath-held voice, inexplicably at once deep and thin. But its plain sense cut through with the sharp edge of gravel on skin. Why did you tell me to run? She asks. She despises him. Like she despises anyone with power or influence over her. When they belted me. His voice bugs her. Same old words again. Me. Just a kid. They recited poetry. It's enough to crush a normal soul. But we're not normal, are we, Cat? No, we're not. We're separate. We are separate. We don't belong. Farrell is also on the run, and he too hears voices. And sometimes, those voices turn out to be yours. You want to know why she's running. Not least because Kat has that look in her eyes. You know, that look. Clarence didn't want to go to work driving the bus today. He didn't want to get out of bed. Sleep had evaded him, apart from the handful of nightmare marinated minutes. Again. It's been the same every night for weeks. Ever since he moved into this apartment in a block infested not by cockroaches and water bugs, but by sounds that crawl through every floorboard gap around split window frames and the stale air from the vents, you can't kill sounds with glue traps. Maybe he wouldn't mind if it was something warm and friendly, like a guy down the way playing sax into the evening air. Cool, Clarence would say. That's real cool. We're kids and the jazz rhythm of a bounced basketball, or even a gentle tiff between neighbors through the wall. Indistinct words, their intended barbs soon blunted, then the murmuring, caressing cadence of making up. But no, his block is built on the side of an old mine shaft. Fascinating, he thought before he said yes to moving in. History, right on top of history. Right in the middle of things at last, something to open conversations with. Clarence wanted to say hey to everyone in the city. Hey, I love being here. I love this place. You'll never guess what my block's built on. There's every chance they would have guessed, as the mine shaft is home to deep, stagnant water. They flooded it after an accident. To float bodies to the top. The smell pervades the apartment, permeates his clothes. By night... The sound of the city recedes and is replaced by an echoing in the shaft of the rumbling subway of underground pipes with water or steam making its way to the world above. And, after the bars have turfed out, the magnified conversations and arguments in the elevator of the next-door building, approaching from below, passing and disappearing with a stretching, yawning clashing of chains high overhead, when he hears the final rickety clang of the elevator door slam, it is always silent for a moment, and Clarence feels desperately alone. He folds his beige bus driver's uniform ready for the morning and lays it on the threadbare beanbag abandoned by the previous resident. Saddles sore from long shifts, 
is yet to buy a proper chair, then turns in and closes his eyes. The hollow vacuum of history below has other plans for him. And soon the warp and weft of today's city noises and the past's echoes of mine shaft explosions and falling burning timbers and shoveling of cemetery bones weaves Clarence into a shroud of sound that is too tight, too suffocating for him to even dream of achieving sleep. Don't speak to him. Don't say thanks, driver. Eyes down. Just get off the bus. Thank you, driver. Why? What did I tell you? What did you just do? Well, I couldn't help myself. I mean, look at him, for Christ's sake. It looks so shit. What do you reckon? So numb. Numb. Farrell picked up the word and played with it, dancing it around Cat's head, humming it right up to a hacking laugh that became... Numbed by his own venom, huh? (laughs) Hey, lady... Clarence's voice was softer, less pugnacious. You gotta pay. I know. To ride the buses? In this city, I know. The bus was idling, beginning to complain and kick back underneath them. It added a tremble to Clarence's voice. Did you pay or was it my mistake? Cat held the rail to steady herself, weighing up her reply. Uh, Maybe I just didn't hear you ask, huh? Maybe my ears aren't so good. Maybe I didn't sleep last night. Cat wasn't sure, but there was maybe the beginning of a smile in Clarence's face. His eyes crinkled and the edge of his lip began to lift. But it gruesomely turned into an uncontrollable yawn. Hey, get off my bus. Now. I've been around men like that before. Yeah? Like who? Cat was hungry. Confrontation always made her hungry. Oh, in the forests, deep in ditches, rivers, by railroad tracks. Who, though? I didn't know their names. No need. You talked with them? No call for that. Beyond words. The bus station flap display board clattered and shuffled letters into rough lines the letters giving a final little swing as they became place names. Names echoed by a mechanical, loud-speaking voice. Beyond words, meaning... Meaning gone. Been around too many men like that driver. Traveled far, got nowhere. They're dead long before they end up with the wind twirling them around under the tree branch or melting into the mud in a ditch. Swollen in water, mashed and broken by the crossing. Cat slowly, thoughtfully uncrinkled the greaseproof paper on her Uncle Rita's four-dollar wrap. She felt no pang of conscience, as the folds revealed the printed watchwords, We encourage prayer slash grace. That lady, over there, distracted a minute ago just long enough by the stuttering bus station announcement, can afford to buy herself another. Four dollars, surely. Surely. 